Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And we're back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Uh, we had somebody call during the break, and they thought that perhaps uh, Jerry from Arizona City's uh, tree was uh, tamarucks, and it could be. And there are two species of tamarucks that are pretty common here in Arizona. There's a really awful invasive species that goes through all the waterways, which is a little bushy one. But there's also the cultivated variety, and I'm not sure the genetic, the, the actual name of the cultivated one, though I do have one that's 80 feet t- tall in my backyard. So, perhaps, Jerry, it's a tamarax. I think of its color as a little bit more gray, but, uh, you know, I think that's a pretty good guess. Anyway, we'll get back to the phones, and next up, we got to get them in the right order, too. Next up, we have Dennis and Glendale. Hi, Dennis. Good morning, Brian. Morning. <laughs> I have a question about my sagapalms, and I have five of them in my yard, and some of them have uh, brown spots on the prongs, and some of them don't. I was wondering what caused that uh, those those prongs to be partly brown. Well, it could be the, the amount of sunlight. I mean, if they're just kind of so there's just spots on it though, and not the whole leaf. Not the whole leaf, just a section of it. Yeah, it could possibly be a little scale, too, or it could be a mineral deficiency. You know, nothing's much hardier than a sago palm. I would I would take a look and see if it's not a scale insect. A scale is going to be a little insect that will usually be on the back side of the leaf, okay? And it feeds uh-huh. on the leaf, and sometimes they will get some scale on them. And if so, this would be the perfect time to treat them, and you would do that with malathion and oil. So malathion and oil. Yeah, you could do some spray oil and malathion and spray them. Uh, if not, prune off the old ones, especially if it's not, you know, in the center portion of the plant, and fertilize them a little bit. You know, we don't really think about feeding sagos, but you certainly can, and they're going to get ready to pop a new head here shortly, so it would be a great time to feed them. Okay, real good. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Dennis. Bye-bye. Uh, Ronnie and Chandler. Hi, Ronnie. Hey, good morning, Brian. I got a question for you. I have gardenias planted on the east side of the house, but there's only probably 20 feet between the houses, and they're turning brown. Okay, so they're planted on the east side of the house, and these are regular gardenia vichais, probably. And yeah, little uh, small bushes. Mm-hmm. And how long have you had them planted? They've probably been in there two years. Okay, and they're turning brown now? Uh, yes. Okay. Have you fertilized them recently? No. Okay. There's really not much of a read. This this should be a pretty good time of year for them. You know, I, I would check the irrigation, make sure that's in order, and uh, it would be a perfect time to feed them. They'd like a higher acid fertilizer, so you could use something like mm-hmm. mere acid to feed them with. And I'll tell you what they'll really mere? enjoy. Mere acid, M-I-R-A-C-I-D. It's like miracle Grow, but it comes in a blue and silver box, and it's uh, more acidic, and it helps make the soil a little more acidic. And the, and the same thing, if you drink coffee, if you throw coffee grounds underneath them, they really enjoy a more acid soil, and that could be very beneficial to them. Okay. I'll okay. give it a try. All right. Thanks, Ronnie. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we have Mr. Mike in Phoenix. Hi, Michael. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Excellent. And you? 
Great. Thanks for asking. Hey, listen, I'm, I called you a couple of weeks ago. I'm putting in a desert landscape in the front yard, and um, we're looking at the shade tree for the front yard. You, you talked about the live oak or the American mesquite. Mm-hmm. I was kind of wondering what your suggestion would be, which is a cleaner tree. Like I said, we're doing the desert landscaping. What, what do you think would be better? Well, both those trees do well, but they're quite different. The mesquite's going to grow a lot uh-huh. faster, okay? And the mesquite's going to okay. drop a bloom that's going to have in the springtime, a little flower on it, okay. and it's going to have some mm-hmm. beans at the end of summer, okay? The live oak is going to drop its leaves uh, primarily in the spring, like right now is when they're really dropping as as just before they put out their new growth. And so okay. that they're going to drop this time of year, and then they have the potential to have acorns down the road. Um, mm. So I would, you know, they're just going to be litter at different times of the year. And uh, the American mesquite can easily stay evergreen. You know, if we don't have any mm. hard freezes, it'll stay evergreen. Um, yeah, okay. And, and the oak trees are pretty evergreen as well, but they do push off leaves. They change their leaves in the spring as they're putting out new growth. Um, okay, so... The American mesquite, is that the one that you talk about from your nursery that you've kind of... Uh, yeah, we actually have a patent on it. And the American mesquite yeah. is one that, um, you know, the difference Absolutely. is it's a four-way cross. So it's a cross between a Chilean and Argentinian mesquite. And then it's mm-hmm. got two Amer- North American uh, parents as well. It's Arizona native and a Texas honey mesquite. So it's a four-way genetic cross. And um, mm. why we really like it is because it's it doesn't have thorns, okay, and it's got a very vigorous root system. We graft them onto a a, a different rootstock. And then they also come up and and they... um or more vigorous, don't break in the wind, you know. And it's just a, okay. from that those standpoints, that's some of the better characteristics of the tree. But it's going to be a lot faster growing larger tree, you know, in the short run. That's what we're looking for. Okay, yeah, well, it'll be a faster. Um, we're looking tree to come down. We're looking to come down your Glendale Nursery. Now, what size box would, would you start out with, and what would be budget for that? Well, I'll tell you what. The deal, the, and deal, the deal we have on those right now is I've got some in the nursery, and I, they uh-huh. should, should have some at uh, Glendale or Southern. And they have some in, I think, 65-gallon containers. And in the time mm-hmm. you get it delivered and planted, it's going to cost you about $1,000, which is like a 36-inch <laughs> box size. But that tree... You could plant that. Well, that right now it's they've been cut back and pruned a little bit, but they're probably about nine mm-hmm. or ten feet. And uh, okay, but you can Perfect. grow that tree from that size into a fifteen foot, you know, pretty full canopy tree this summer. Wow! So okay. that, 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 grows that fast. well, it grows that fast if you water it and push it. And the nice part about mm-hmm. it is, if you'll deep water it and push it, you'll get this nice big tree. And then when it's fairly mature, you can cut the water back. You can water it about six times a year, and it'll stay very healthy. Mm-hmm. Oh, great! So it'll do great in the desert landscaping. Yeah, it's just it, in it, a well. It, it it was generated here. It actually, you know, Mike, I have a patent on it, but it was one that I kind of cheated. We yeah. used to grow a lot of seedling mesquites. And it grew up wild in a bed of seedling mesquites that we had. And so then we basically grew out the seeds to find out what its parents were. And then we grafted it to make sure it had a good rootstock. And, uh, you know, it's a magnificent mesquite tree for here in the desert. Oh, fantastic. We'll come see you at Glendale then. Okay, Brian? Thanks, Michael. All right. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Teresa. Oh, yeah, Teresa and Glendale. Hi, Teresa. Hello. Hi. Um, hi. Um, I unfortunately came home yesterday to my 
probably 20 year old lemon tree sideways in my yard. So I'm really sad because it had the most beautiful lemons and the owners, I think that had it before I moved here about five years ago, um, the trunk was really damaged and I had let the, the branches grow down so they would, you know, shade it. Mm -hmm. But whatever wind we had yesterday, for some reason it was too much for it. And it probably had about a hundred big lemons on it. So it toppled over. Well, Teresa, um, um, is it, is it blown out of the ground or just leaning at a big angle? Oh no, it cracked at the, about a foot up from the base. It cracked over, it cracked off. So it's, it's attached, but the, the base is, is still there, but about a foot up, the tree fell over. So Okay. So what you can do um, if you want to, uh, Teresa, is harvest the lemons. You know, they're all still going to be good. So harvest the rest of your lemons and just take the tree and just saw it off with a clean cut. Go get some of that black tar type uh, tree seal and brush it on with a little spatula. Okay. And then stand back. And what'll happen, it'll pop out new buds from just, you know, you want to make sure nothing below the graph, so nothing in the bottom six inches leaps out, but it'll it'll throw out new buds right away out of the top portion of that tree and let it let it just kind of grow wild for a month. And then after they get out to where they're about a foot and a half long, then thin them out and leave maybe four or five main, you know, shoots coming off the top and it'll grow back into an eight or 10 foot tree this year. Oh, goodness. Okay, I thought I would just have to take the whole thing out. Well, if you've got that big, healthy rootstock, you know, in, in, in there, and, um, you know, you've got it so it's coming up as long as it's above the graph, so you're saying it's a foot tall. So what you want is just make, get a sharp saw like a sawzall or just some kind of even a hand uh-huh. saw and make a really clean cut across the top, okay? And uh, if you cut it at a little bit of an angle, it'll grow back into a nicer form. So about a 30-degree angle on your cut right across the top and get some of the black tar type tree heel, not the little aerosol kind, but the kind that comes in a little can and brush it on the top and just seal the top. Okay, that'll keep the wood from drying out down below. And then it's going to pop buds right away. I mean, this is, it couldn't happen in a better time of year for the tree. And it's going to okay, pop now, buds right away. Now, would, um, so they're not going to be, because they're suckers. I know what those look like. So what am I going to be able to tell the difference between suckers and buds? Well, new new buds that come out will be what we would call a sucker that would be on the inside of a tree, on a big tree. But it's the it's the life coming back to this organism, okay? It's like, yes, I want to grow, I want to grow. So it's going to pop these buds out, okay? And they're what you would call suckers, basically, or water sprouts, some people call them. But they're going to come out. So a bunch of them will come out, probably 50. Okay, and when those all come out, you want to thin them down and leave maybe three or four, you know, that come out, maybe five if you want. But they're going to come out, and you want to let those start to grow up tall. They'll grow very fast. So once they hit about a foot long, just thin everything else out and select, you know, the handful of your your favorites. Let those grow up. Okay, and lemon trees really should grow, you know, more of a bush form anyway. But let those grow up, and then those you let grow, let them grow up fairly tall. Let them get to about five or six feet before you top them. And they're going to grow up really fast. And when they get five or six feet, just clip the tip out of them, and that'll become your new structure. And you won't get any lemons this year, but you'll probably have lemons. You know, for the, They'll probably bloom again next spring, and in, in two years, you'll have lemons back. Or you could just take oh it out and plant a new tree. I mean, either way. 
Well, no, I really, I really liked that. So, well, it sounds um, like you're I'll kind of attached to this guy. So, yeah, I mean, the whole neighborhood loved it because they, <laughs> I mean, the lemons are the biggest ones you see ever in the store. They're huge, and I had, I was just going to, um, I had not, uh, uh, what do you call it? Give it vitamins. Um, Fertilized. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I hadn't fertilized it yet. I was going to fertilize my pistachio push and my lemon tree this weekend. So I hadn't done that yet. So should I do that with this situation no, or no? No, don't fertilize it. it it's going to have plenty plenty to grow on just because of what it is. But here's the okay. thing. The reason why it broke is because you hadn't pruned it for the last couple of years. And then it had such a heavy crop that it was able to break in the wind. So uh, with a lemon tree, you know, it's great that they have a jillion lemons. But if you let them have that many lemons and you don't harvest them very early, it's very common for them to break. They break in our orchards as well if we don't get them harvested. So that being said, you know, after this grows back up, um, you'll need to prune it, you know, after a few years, every year a little bit to take some of the weight off of the tree so it doesn't break these other branches that come back again. Yeah, and it looks like the inside of the, um, like when it broke, the inside, some of it is the white bark, Mm -hmm. but some of it was just, it was just gone. It was like brownish crumble on the inside. And the reason why is it probably got sunburned years ago, okay? But now when this tree grows back up, you want to keep it kind of a bush form. Okay, so it'll be stronger and protect itself. So it's your chance to start over. Have fun. Go cut away, and uh, your lemon tree will come back. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Got to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have uh, three lines open. We have Julia back here smiling. You can give her a call at 602-277-5827. It's Julia and Brian here every Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on 92.3 FM KTAR. A glass of wine in her hand I knew she was gonna meet her connection At her feet was a footloose man You can't always get what you want You can't always get what you want You can't always get what you want 
But if you try sometimes, well, you might find Welcome back, folks, and uh, hopefully we can get the Ukrainians what they need. They need a little help. Back to the phones. Let's see. We've got Tom in Scottsdale. Hello, Thomas. Hey, good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. Brian, I planted uh, watermelon uh, seeds in six-inch pots for seedlings. I'm going to transfer them to, uh, like, 15-gallon containers for a patio planting. Uh-huh. And there's, there's like five seeds per six-inch pot. Is there any advantage when I transfer them into uh, the growing container to have more than one seedling in there? Uh, yes, <laughs> because things can happen to a seedling. Um, but anyway, what I, what I would probably do is uh, plant, you know, transplant them, make sure they make the transplant, and then take out three and leave two. Okay, that sounds good. And I, you know, it's always better to have a second chance in case something happens. But you know, sure. when we're planting them in the in the field, you know, in fact, the most fun ones we grew were down in Alfreda, and we had this old hand planting method where you walk by and kick the ground, th- drop the seeds, and kick it back, and we grew them under a pivot, and um, they did exceedingly well. But we always threw two seeds in every hole. Okay, good. And then a uh, different question, but uh, houseplants, what's the recipe to use vinegar to kind of flush out the uh, chemistry? Well, it's just to wash out the salts, you know, and so, you know, you're basically kind of cleaning out the soil. Now, if you have plants that you water where you water and the water goes through the pots and you're allowed to you know, drain through, uh, you really probably wouldn't have to do that as much. Not as important. The salts wouldn't tend to boil up because, you know, most sodium is pretty water, you know, just soluble and just goes right through the pot. So you can wash it through. But if you want to do a vinegar flush, it's fine. You could you could do probably a mixture where it could be as much as twenty uh, percent of a normal vinegar, which is going to be three or four percent acid, and uh, and and just wash it right through. It'd be fine. Okay. All right. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tom. Bye bye. Uh, next up, we have Sandy. Then Carlos. Then it could be you. We have Julia back here smiling. The number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven. Good morning, Sandy. Morning. I purchased a mesquite down at your Stanfield store. I just like the shape of it. I didn't bother too much. Okay. Um, your guy called it a Cooper, and I can't uh-huh. find any information on it. Well, I can tell you the whole story of Cooper mesquites. They were patented by a friend of mine, Jack Cooper, and his okay. wife, Karen Cooper, um, has grown them for us for years. Now, unfortunately, I didn't defend the patent as well, so the other people are growing Cooper eye mesquites right now. They're basically a thornless Argentinian mesquite. And they're grafted, mm-hmm. and so they're grafted onto an Argentinian rootstock, and that makes the roots so they don't uproot, gives them a nice, sturdy root. They're going to be a fairly fast-growing, upright mesquite, and uh, the thornless, and, and you know, fairly popular tree around town. Probably, I, I would say, one of the more common mesquites grown here now in the valley. That's beautiful. Is there anything I need to know for care that's different than other mesquites? Well, you don't want to push it. Okay, the thing with with cooperites is that when they get older, they can break in the wind if you overwater them and fertilize them too much. So what oh, you okay. want to do, they're going to grow fast enough on their own, Sandy. So what you want to do is water it, um, you know, weekly. 
Okay. Okay. And, and maybe fertilize it for the first, you know, few months just to get the ground and get it established. But um, mm-hmm. beyond that point, just monthly watering when it's established is fine. And uh, when it's after it's rooted, you could probably water it after the summer, once every two weeks, once a month in the wintertime, and it'll grow plenty fast. You might want to do a little pruning if you see the branches growing up real tall uh, so that they don't mm-hmm. split. It seems to be a wider canopy and lower growth. Is that well, if you let it grow that way, and if you can grow it more natural that way, it'll be a stronger tree. Okay. I didn't know whether to trim off the bottom. Um, one other question. It's blooming time for the citrus. Mm-hmm. Is there any watering changes I should make for that? You, know, you just want to keep it consistent, Sandy. If you're if they're older established okay. trees, like once every two weeks, and for young trees, you might do them once a week. Okay. Yeah, I knew I wasn't supposed to overwater some. <laughs> Well, just, you know, you know, right. but you have to water them enough, too. I was out with a customer yesterday and looked at their tree, and they, you know, they, they're an old Phoenix person who grew up with trees on irrigation. But, you know, even when we plant our new groves, we water our young trees, you know, twice as much as we do our old trees. Okay. It should be good, then. Thanks so much. Thanks, Andy. Bye-bye. Uh, Carlos, good morning. Yeah, hi there. Thank you for taking my call. How are you, sir? I'm doing really well. Um, I have two questions. Um, the first question is my home is a north facing home on my east side um, I had taken out Bougainvillea because I just don't didn't want to deal with it anymore too much mm-hmm. um, and so my question is I would love to along that wall I would love to plant vines um, I know here in Arizona there's a vine that I really think is beautiful it's called coral but from what I've read um, they like a lot of sun, and I'm not sure that that. It's not going to do as well there. What you know, you might look at the tangerine crossvine. Okay, that that'll go really easy there. If you want fragrance, you could grow a star jasmine. Okay, you know, I was, so that, I was concerned that it just wasn't going to get enough sun. On that, on that east yeah, side, it, so it, it, think- it won't do as well there. It, it would, it would really do better, and it's kind of deciduous anyway. But um, so it's nice to put out in a lot more sun. It kind of comes from Baja, so yeah, I, I would look at tangerine crossvine. Would be if you wanted something that's going to bloom there and be pretty easy, it'll be real happy there. All right, cool. And then my second question is, um, I, I just I, I planted um, a bunch of roses. I have a like a thirty-four count rose bed in my front yard and it's just awesome and i found this this product that is is bonkers when it comes to growth and the blooms by a company called fertilome mm-hmm. um and it's for uh, blooming and rooting and i'm curious in the summer month can i keep using this well you can keep using yeah anything that's going to be you know for blooming and rooting is going to be higher in phosphorus so when you buy fertilizer it has three numbers on the bag and that's the middle number and so that's really good for roses because you want to bloom uh what happens with roses here in the summertime carlos is our blooms just get shot really quick you know so we can't get the long stem pretty blooms in the summertime unless the roses were growing like in a more shaded area where they would bloom you know better that time of year but uh Typically, roses like quite a lot of sun, and so any high phosphorus fertilizer is going to work. It's not going to help a lot in the summertime because it's just hot. The days are long. Mm-hmm. And the blooms are going to get shot, so it's not going to make the same blooms in the summer that it would in the spring and the fall. Carlos, I got to let Understood. you go, but thanks for the call. Uh, John, we're, we're here with the news. Sir, how are you doing? Excellent, John. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. 
Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow, written by the Sherman Brothers, and as I was just telling Brian, it was written for Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress. It was a ride that debuted at the 1964 New York World's Fair, and it was supposed to show the American family started in about 1865, and it took you through up until the present day. It's only been updated once. It resides in Walt Disney World, and I just, the song's been stuck in my head, so I played it on the radio. Shining at the end of every... You know, Julia has to one-up me every week, you know? Where does she find all these songs? Welcome back, folks. Looks like the lines are full. Oh, no, we have one open. The number to call is 602-277-5827. Give Julia a call. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, how to grow things, plant things. And if you have ideas for us, we're all ears. Next up, we've got Linda in Phoenix. Good morning, Linda. Good morning. I've got a call, a question that's similar to your last caller. My house faces east and west. And I would like to plant vines on the north side, but it has a block wall that's about nine feet away. What do I plant? Creeping fig, ficus repens. It's uh, an evergreen vine. It'll cling to the wall by itself. And um, it's quite hardy when established. It's a little slow getting started, but once it goes, it goes fast. Because it's got shade most of the time, so that'll be okay? Yes, and what what's even worse is it gets a little sun in the middle of the summer. So, but creeping fig vine, when established, will, uh, or ficus repens, will do very well there. Okay, and you sell them at the nursery, I think. Absolutely. Perfect. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Linda. Bye-bye. Uh, Alice and uh, AJ are Apache Junction. Hello, Alice. Yes, good morning. See, I want to pick your mind on my uh, drip system. And uh, I have a courtyard with lots of different plants in it. And my drip system waters for about 40 minutes every other day during the week and off on weekends. Is that good? Well, it's going to depend, Alice, on a couple of things. Are, are your plants all in containers or in the ground? In the ground, okay. and I need to say that I live on the side of the mountain, so it's very, very rocky here. Okay, and and that's the big difference as well. So I would say that would be probably ideal in the summertime. That they probably wouldn't okay. need to water that often in the wintertime. Um, okay, you know, I would say now if you watered twice a week would probably be more than adequate. Even once would probably be okay if most of your plants have been there and are established. But in the summertime, you know, it's going to change a lot on the side of a hill, especially with your water draining fast. So I think that would be like a perfect summer schedule and be a little okay. bit in excess this time of year. Okay, I'll, I'll cut it down then. All righty, Alice. Uh, one quick question. I bought a mesquite tree from you oh, six, 
seven, eight months ago, doing good, but it did not have a tag on it. I was wondering if it was one of your newer mesquite trees. Or uh, well, the newer, the newer one should have a tag on them. That's what happened with Karen's Cooper Eye Mesquite is we sold some without tags, and then there were uh-huh. people propagated them. So it's illegal to propagate a patented plant, so it's our, you know, we should have a label on all of ours. So it probably is not, a, not an American mesquite, um, though we've just gotten more diligent about keeping our tags on them recently. Okay. okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Alice. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got Greg and Chandler, then Stephen, then it could be you. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? Very clearly, sir. Good. Okay. I haven't heard any um, issues with um, Hong Kong orchids so far. I have one, and it's actually blooming very heavily right now. Mm-hmm. And it, it's actually doing good and everything. But okay, I was wondering about the leaves. They have white edges. Many of them do. And I was wondering that the way it's supposed to be about. Greg, I love I love years. Hong Kong orchids, you know, and uh, and they're beautiful, but they shed more than anything you can plant, and uh, uh-huh. and those leaves having a little bit of a white edge. I, I don't know what would cause them to be white, but if they're not burnt and brown, that they're probably fine. And after you finish uh-huh. this bloom cycle, if you want to do some pruning on it and reshape the tree, that would probably uh-huh. help it a lot. But uh, you know, sometimes they get so big, we didn't have to prune them as much. But uh, I wouldn't be over concerned with any kind of a you know leaf you know deficiency this time of year now when it warms up you know and we get the weather 90 degrees or hotter that's when the orchids become their happiest you know after their bloom cycle and then if you want to fertilize it in fact you could even fertilize it right now your leaves will get a lot greener and be happier Okay, so would a general um, fertilizer be good? Yeah, it'd be fine. You know, like a citrus food would work really well, well, or twenty twenty twenty. You know, even Miracle Grow would be fine. But any kind of a balanced fertilizer, and uh, they really don't grow as much until it gets hot. But when it gets hot, you know, being above ninety and up to one hundred and fifteen, they're happy. Uh-huh. Okay. So you don't want, um, so I shouldn't um, prune it until all the blossoms are. Well, it just you know, it's it's fun to enjoy the blooms. I mean, sometimes the blooms get almost so heavy they'll break the limbs. But the really nice part about a Hong Kong orchid, other than other orchid varieties, is that it does not produce any seeds or beans, and it takes the heat here better than all the other orchids do. Okay. Um. Okay, that sounds good. Um. Also, it's like I said, it's about a year old, and mm-hmm. it still has its um, um supports. Okay. Um. When would it be a good time to remove those? Well, the best thing yeah. to do, Greg, would be to go ahead and uh, you know prune it back after the bloom cycle, and then take the if it has one stake on the trunk, take that off. Does it have one stake, or does it have two stakes with wires that can move back and forth? Yeah, it has the three. Okay, and and but it still has the one in the trunk. Yes. Okay. So what you'd want to do is prune the tree back heavily, okay, and then take the take the stake off the trunk and leave the other two, and make sure that the wires or the ties on are loose enough so the tree can move back and forth. And trees are just like we are; they need a little exercise. So the more it moves, the stronger it'll be, and the bigger in diameter the trunk will be. And then after maybe another year, you could take the other stakes away. Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds good. Thanks, I Greg. Your help. Bye bye. Thanks, bye. 
Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Mr. Steven in Scottsdale. But after Steven, we have wide open phones, and we're going to come back with about 10 minutes left. So if you want to get in, now is the time to call. We always end up with callers after the show's over, but now is the perfect time to call. Julia's back here smiling. Give her a call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Hi, Steven. Good morning, Brian. Thank you for taking my call. I got a couple of uh, uh, citrus tree uh, questions. One is um, uh, I have a, a, a tangelo tree, and I don't want to let it get too high. I, I'm kind of reluctant to prune it back too much, but what are your recommendations? Prune it back too much. <laughs> well, okay. no, I mean, they're, they're, you don't want to prune it back too much, but now is the perfect time to to prune tangelo trees, and we're going to be okay. hedging and working on our big grove out in Mesa, and we are going to cut our tangelo trees back very hard this year because they've gotten so big and they're hard to harvest the, the fruit up on the top. So right. now, yes. now is a perfect time to prune it, um, and you just want it, you want to do it right away so it has a time to put out more foliage before it gets too hot. So. It's the perfect time to prune it. And just keep in mind when we're growing citrus, we want to have the canopy to where it shades the trunk. So don't raise the limbs very high off the ground, and you can prune down very heavily from the top. And this is the perfect time of year to do it. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, now, second question is I had a lemon tree limb break, and I propped it up. Uh, is, is repair possible? I mean, it just had too many lemons on it. The wind got it, and... I'm trying to salvage it. Well, um, you can salvage it, but butcher it. Okay? Now, now just like uh-huh. your tangelo, now's the time to cut it way back. And uh, okay. to, to take any damaged or broken limbs out of a lemon tree, it's a perfect time to do so. So you could prune it back very heavily right now, and that would be a good thing to do. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Stephen. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you. Uh, we're going to take a short break while we're gone. We do have two lines still open. The number to call, 602-277-5827. It's Julia and Brian here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. Said, say a prayer for me. She threw her arms around him, whispered, God will keep us free. They could hear the riders coming. He said, This is my last fight. If they take me back to Texas, they won't take me back alive. There were seven Spanish angels at the altar of the sun. They were praying for the lovers in the valley of the gun. When the battle stopped and the smoke fell, there was thunder from the throne. Smoking in his hand 
said, Father, please forgive me. I can't make it without my man. And she knew the gun was empty. And she knew she couldn't win. But her final prayer was answered when the rifles fired again. Well, welcome back, folks, to this beautiful uh, Sunday morning. I want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees, starting with my grandparents back in the 40s and continuing today for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, come out and see us. We deliver plant guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. And from beautiful flowering Hong Kong orchids to uh, desert trees, palm trees, pine trees, shade trees, citrus trees, we grow it all right here in Arizona. We have a big farm down in Stanfield on Stanfield Road, about a half mile south of Interstate 8. So if you're down in the Casa Grande or Maricopa or looking for trees, uh, you can come in and see us there Monday through Saturdays from 7 to 3. Here in the Valley, we're original stores at 824 East Glendale Avenue, a dirt road when my grandparents moved there and built their adobe house. And we have one at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. We've been growing trees in the Valley since the 40s, and we grow them here for Arizona future provide shade, food, or just beauty. Come out and see us Monday through Saturdays, 8 to 5.30, Sundays 10 to 4 at Whitfield Nursery. Uh, back to the phones, we've got Rick in uh, Sun City. Good morning, Rick. Hey, Brian. I've got a Eureka variegated pink lemon I put in a couple years ago, and this year it's got a ton of blooms, but it's lost about 40% of its leaves in the last two months. Is that something to be worried about? Yeah, it was a little colder this year. I wouldn't be too concerned. Did you fertilize it? I just did yesterday. Okay. And that, that should be fine. And it should, okay. you know, start to flush right behind those blooms should come a lot of feathers with new growth. And uh, in uh, Sun City, you want to make sure it's deep watered and let dry out. How long has it been in the ground, Rick? About two years. Okay. So probably watering it once a week in the summertime, once every two weeks in the winter would be ideal okay. for a young tree. Well, that's what you told me two years ago when I planted it, so we're following the rules. <laughs> All right. It, it, it'll, <laughs> now, fill, it'll fill back in over the next few weeks. Okay, one more thing for you. I was going to call you a snake oil salesman because you told me to move my hibiscus about five months ago, and the thing's been dead forever, and I was just getting ready to jerk it out of the ground when my wife realized all of a sudden it's blooming out and looks like it's a brand-new tree. So <laughs> you, win. You, you win again. Well, Easter's on the way, Rick. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye bye. Uh, Margaret and Sun Lakes. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning, Uh, Brian. I have a few questions. Mm -hmm. The Oro Blanco, three years old Oro Blanco tree. How should I water uh, and fertilize from this point on? Well, if you want it to grow fast, you can fertilize it once a month. But the normal way to fertilize it's three times a year: Valentine's Day, Labor Day, Memorial Day, and uh, so that should work fine. Watering in Sun Lakes, it should be watered about once every two weeks this time of year, and fairly deep. So you need enough water to go down to a depth of three or four feet, and you'll want to be giving a, a three-year-old tree probably close to 100 gallons of water once every two weeks. Every two weeks. Also, I have a, a, a lemon tree and a grapefruit tree, but this this year I haven't been able to harvest it, but is this the time to trim it now? It, uh, it is the best time to trim it right now. Right now, okay. So I can trim as much as I can, right? Doesn't matter how, how deep. Well, a lemon tree, no, you can prune it back pretty hard this time of year. 
Okay. Also, I have a sprinkler system. My sprinkler system is too old, so I need to redo the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So at this point, before I, I start doing that, I, I minimize my uh, sprinkler to five minutes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. That's so not, that, this is for a lawn sprinkler, Margaret, or for, for shrubs and plants? For shrubs. No, that's not and good. And for tree. Yeah, no, that, that's, oh. that's not good. Your, your, your sprinkler system, you don't want to keep plants that wet, especially if they're more mature plants. You know, you shouldn't be running it any more often than the most once a week. Only once a week? How long? Well, you want to get the, depends on how big your plants are, what kind of plants are getting the water, and it also depends on how big your irrigation emitters are, how much water they put out. So you're going to have to check that on your own, but you want to water like a bigger tree. And now bigger trees like citrus and things that are older, you know, once every two yeah. weeks is often enough, not 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 you know, even once a week. They don't need water that often. So ideally, but, when, but what, you, when you redo your system, what? you'll put them on separate lines and your shrubs, okay. um, and if they're older shrubs, They've been in the ground for five, ten years. You know, once every two weeks is plenty often on those. But the shrubs you want to give, you know, a bigger shrub between five and ten gallons of water and a bigger tree, depending on what it is, 50 to 100 gallons of water. But every two weeks is plenty often, Margaret. I'm going to let you go because I'm going to try to get some more callers before the end of the hour. Uh, Cameron in Phoenix. Good morning, Cameron. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? Good, sir. Hey, I got to tell you, I bought uh, two majestic ashes off you about four or five years ago, uh, planted them in central Phoenix. And uh, unfortunately, I ended up selling that house, but I found myself driving over there just to visit <laughs> Yeah, they're pretty this but, time of year. But anyway, I ended up buying a new house uh, fairly recently, and, and that's part of, part of what I am pondering is what kind of trees I'd like to plant. Uh, one of my neighbors had an ash tree, but the... Uh, the leaves were a lot, a, a little bit bigger and, and, and greener than my majestic ashes. So I wanted to see if you knew which type of ash that made. Probably a Fantex. It's, is it still bare right now or does it have leaves on it? I believe it has leaves on it still. Well, it's probably, yeah, if it has leaves now, then it's probably another cultivar of a grafted shamal ash, which could be majestic. Or there's other ones too. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that sounds good. Um, mesquite trees. I love mesquite trees. My parents have a ton of mesquite trees. Is there a variety that's thornless and beanless? No. (laughs) You can get thornless. There's a lot of thornless ones, but as far as thornless and beanless, not not that I know of. I mean, there there may be, but not, not one that I know of. And then my last question is, in, in the front of my house, I do have telephone uh, wires going overhead, unfortunately. So, But I would like to plant a, a tree in the front. I was thinking maybe a, uh, a purple plum, just because it doesn't get too tall. There, is there any other rec- uh Fruitless olives. I mean, the nice part with the olive trees, you can maintain their size, and, okay. uh, and they're pretty easy to do. So that would be another right. choice as well. All right. Well, thanks for the info. I appreciate it. Thanks, Cameron. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. It looks like we're about out of time, folks. I want to say goodbye, but I want to say that we need to help our friends in Ukraine. You know, higher gas prices are a pretty cheap price to pay for liberty. And uh, these people are fighting for their lives against a terrible autocrat. And it's, you know, the American way to defend the underdog. And it's been our nature since we became America, the United States of America, that is. And, you know, America's a beautiful continent. Maybe we should work a little more with the Americas and left with different companies, less with different parts of Asia. You know, 
know, it's great to be a part of this country, and hopefully we can help and supply and love our friends from around the world. You know, we do owe a, a lot for this wonderful country that we live in, and uh, we do have a great nature about us as being Americans. And uh, we need to go forth and share the, the love that we have for each other and the diversity that we have as well. So go out and enjoy yourself. Have a beautiful week. And uh, this weather's fantastic. And just if you got a way to contribute to the people in Ukraine, they could really use a little help right now. And that's kind of the American way to, to give a little to our friends and brothers. We'll be back with you next Sunday with the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. And I got to say, Julia, you one up me on the songs this week big time again. We'll be back next Sunday. Have a beautiful week.